Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Reshape Your Health podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Morgan Nolte, and each week on this podcast, I share the knowledge, tips, and strategies you need to know to get healthy, lose weight, and prevent disease. Today, I'm going to look into the keto diet. Now, you know me, once I see something, I have to dive all in and research the heck out of it and try it for myself to really form my own opinion and see how that information could fit into my practice for helping adults, especially those over 50, lose weight and prevent disease. Before I had my son, I didn't really need to lose any weight, but I gained almost 40 pounds with him, and I lost 30 of those pounds pretty quickly and easily after he was born. The last 10 pounds were harder to get off than I thought they would be. I really had to dive into nutrition research and try different strategies that I now teach to my clients and course members to lose weight. I'm so thankful for that time, though, because it forced me to start from scratch and throw out all of my old misconceptions about weight loss. I knew that disease prevention was a huge passion of mine being a geriatric physical therapist, but it wasn't until this deep research time before and after I had my son that I realized what a strong link there really was to being at a healthy weight and living a healthy lifestyle and preventing chronic disease. I developed a simple framework to think about nutrition and lifestyle in the context of how does this affect my insulin levels? And once you know the answer to that question, everything really becomes much simpler. High insulin, not too much fat or too many calories, is the underlying mechanism that really starts weight gain in many chronic diseases. Let's get started with a bird's eye view of what I'm covering in today's episode. I decided to make this a research review where I'll talk about a study by Deshadi et al. called The Long-Term Effects of a Ketogenic Diet in Obese Patients. First, I'll give you the nuts and bolts of the ketogenic diet. I'll dive into how many grams of carbs you're allowed and the science behind what it means to be in ketosis. If you didn't already know or catch on, that's why it's called the keto diet. Next, I'll talk about what results this study found when following 83 obese patients over six months doing the keto diet. I liked this study because it was a longer term study compared with most weight loss studies. Specifically, you will learn the effect that this high-fat, very low-carbohydrate diet had on body weight, body mass index, total cholesterol, bad cholesterol, good cholesterol, triglycerides, fasting blood sugar, urea, and creatinine levels. And just for your information, urea and creatinine levels are related to kidney function. So why is all of this important? Because many of these are risk factors for chronic diseases like type 2 diabetes, dementia, and cardiovascular disease. And if you want to age well, it's really important to pay attention to your blood work and know your numbers. Lastly, in this episode, I'll give you my personal take on keto and why I don't think it's a sustainable lifestyle, at least not for me and many of my clients, but I do think that it's helpful to either push past a weight loss plateau or maybe reset if you've gotten off track. So this episode is for anyone who has ever been curious about the keto diet and wanted more information, or maybe you've tried to do keto in the past, but you weren't really sure what you were doing or more importantly, why this episode will give you some tips and clarity about how to do keto well, if you choose to do it and some pitfalls to watch out for, to ensure that you don't just gain the weight back. If you think I'm going to give you permission to eat unlimited fat, no matter the quality, I'm sorry to say that you're wrong. You won't hear me say that. If like many of my clients and course members, you've always been taught that low fat is healthy, this research will clearly disprove that notion. And I hope you walk away from this episode less afraid of eating fat. 
If you haven't already downloaded it, please go and grab my ultimate food guide where I describe the good, neutral, and bad fats and give you concrete examples of which fats you should be eating and which you you should be avoiding. I'll link to that in the show notes for today's episode, Um, or you can just go to reshapept.com forward slash ultimate food guide and download it from there. Okay, let's go ahead and dive into it. First, I'm going to review the nuts and bolts of the ketogenic diet. Your body prefers to use carbohydrates for fuel because these are the most readily and easily broken down into glucose, or the form of energy that your body likes to use. And under normal eating circumstances, we're going to be getting enough carbohydrates in our diet to supply our body with all of the glucose that it needs. And your body is first going to use the glucose that's readily available in the bloodstream. And then it breaks down the glycogen stores in your muscle and your liver tissue into glucose. But those are of limited supply. And after you run out of glycogen stores, your body will then start to break into fat stores and make glucose out of your fat tissue for energy. Ketosis occurs as a result of the change in the body's fuel from carbohydrate to fat. Incomplete oxidation of fatty acids by the liver will result in the accumulation of something called ketone bodies that circulate throughout your blood. And so if you're doing a ketogenic diet, you're maintaining this state of ketosis, and you'll be able to know that by testing for ketone bodies in your blood. To really follow a keto diet, you will likely have to drastically change your diet, and it can be easy um, to be getting enough calories, but not enough micronutrients or fiber in the ketogenic diet, and I'm going to share more about that later in this episode. Strictly speaking, if you're doing a real keto diet, you will need to keep your net carbohydrates under 20 to 30 grams per day. Net carbohydrates are the total carbs in a food minus the fiber in a food. And remember that there's three main types of carbs. You have sugars, you have starches, and you have fiber. Fiber is considered a negative food because it mostly passes through the body and it doesn't really raise your blood glucose or your insulin, so it doesn't count towards your total carbs for the day. This is going to work out to be about 5% of your calories from carbs. Then you'll aim for about 25% of your calories from protein and about 70% from fat. Now the traditional nutritional guidelines from the government, which I completely ignore, recommend getting 45 to 65% of your calories from carbohydrates. And many Americans have a diet that's high in processed and refined carbohydrates. So making the switch to a ketogenic diet can seem pretty drastic. When doing keto, the timing of your meals is not restricted, so you can eat whenever you want. Some people will also use intermittent fasting to get into ketosis faster, but I will cover that in future episodes. Now that you've had an overview of just what the ketogenic diet is, I wanted to highlight the study that we're looking at today. Different methods for reducing weight using reduced calorie and fat intake combined with exercise have failed to show sustained long-term weight loss. In fact, most people who severely restrict their calories just slow their metabolism down and end up gaining that weight back and sometimes even more than they lost. The researchers wanted to look at the effects of a high-fat diet not only on weight loss but other markers of disease because two out of every three adults in America are overweight or obese. And it's this excess weight that's linked to other health conditions like type 2 diabetes, dementia, and cardiovascular disease. 
So in this study, there were 44 men and 39 women, and all started with a body mass index, or a BMI, of greater than 35, indicating that they were well into the obese category. Each participant also had high blood sugar and cholesterol levels. All 83 subjects received the ketogenic diet consisting of 20 to 30 grams of carbohydrates in the form of green vegetables and salad, and 80 grams to 100 grams of protein in the form of meat, fish, fowl, eggs, shellfish, and cheese. Polyunsaturated and monounsaturated fats were also included in this diet. 12 weeks later, an additional 20 grams of carbohydrates were added um, to the meal of the patients, so they got about 40 to 50 grams of carbohydrates a day. Micronutrients or vitamins and minerals were, were given to each subject in the form of a capsule every day. And if you've never counted carbs before, or just for your reference, a large apple has about 30 grams of carbohydrates a day. So for the first 12 weeks of this diet, they couldn't even have an apple because that would put them over their carb limit for the day. Next, I'm gonna talk about the major results from this study. Essentially, what we want to go down went down and what we want to go up went up. The weight and body mass index of all of the patients decreased. The level of total cholesterol, LDL or bad cholesterol, blood sugar and triglycerides all went down, and HDL or good cholesterol levels went up. The researchers concluded that administering a ketogenic diet for a relatively longer period of time did not produce any significant side effects in the patient. And therefore, the present study that I'm looking at today confirmed that it's safe to use a ketogenic diet for a longer period of time than previously demonstrated. Now, if you are considering doing this, please talk to your doctor first, because I don't know what other health conditions you have going on. And it is a little bit more of an extreme diet. So please talk to your doctor before you start trying the ketogenic diet, especially if you're planning to do it for a long time. Let's go ahead and start talking about the last point that I wanted to discuss today. And that's what I didn't see in this study. And what I didn't see were these patients' numbers six more months following the end of the study or following the end of the diet. In other words, did they keep the weight off? When I was a little girl, I remember leaving for school and my mom would ask me if I made my bed and I would lie and say yes and then she would go and check and see that I didn't and then she'd make me go make my bed. And she would always say, Morgan, it's just easier and faster if you do it right the first time. And once I was speaking with one of my course members who'd previously lost 40 pounds and then she just gained 20 of it right back using the Octavia meal replacement diet, and she knew going into it that it wouldn't be sustainable. She knew that it's too expensive, it's not enough variety, I'm not going to be able to sustain this, but I need to get the weight off fast and I needed something simple and straightforward. But in hindsight, she said to me, what I should have been thinking is if it's not sustainable, why bother? And that's really how I feel about weight loss and disease prevention. If what I teach someone isn't sustainable, why bother? It's great to know that the science behind the keto diet works, but where is the science behind behavior change? While I understand that the researchers wanted to keep a controlled environment for the experiment and the study, I do strongly believe in the, important, in the importance of educating our clients about why we're doing what we're doing, why we're recommending what we're recommending. Because I believe that knowledge is power. 
And did the, did the people going through the diet actually understand how what they were eating affected their insulin levels and thus their body's set weight? Did they understand what other factors go into living a healthy lifestyle? And most importantly, did they understand how to live off of a diet after the study ended? Because weight loss for research sake is great, but it's also like giving someone fish instead of teaching somebody how to fish for themselves. I like to help clients and course members learn the science behind weight loss and behavior change so that they can prioritize the action items in their own life so that they can start working on the lowest hanging fruit in their own habits and start changing that right away because I want them to maximize their results while developing a healthy and sustainable lifestyle that they can maintain forever. Once they have a good understanding of nutrition and insulin resistance, then I might have them try the keto diet, um, at least in the short term, to kind of push past a weight loss plateau and just understand how it works and how it affects their body. But in my opinion, the keto diet doesn't have enough flexibility or food variety for most people to sustain it as a lifestyle. If you don't eat the right types of carbs when you're doing the keto diet, which is really important because they're so restricted, it's likely that you're not going to get enough fiber and you may have constipation. Fruits and vegetables also have a lot of micronutrients like vitamins and antioxidants that you don't get from other protein or fat sources. That's why the study participants had to get that in a capsule every day. If you're an athlete or you're trying to build muscle, the traditional keto diet may also not provide enough protein to reach your training goals. And the bottom line is really this. I think getting into, into ketosis has a lot of metabolic benefits. I just happen to think it's easier to get these benefits from a combination of intermittent fasting and a lower carb diet and strategically timing your exercise versus just doing the really restrictive keto diet. I do think that the keto diet is great as a weight loss tool if and when needed, and it can be a nice reset button, but you do have to know your nutritional baseline and have a place to return to that's healthy and sustainable after keto. Otherwise, just like with every other diet, the weight will probably just come back on. That's my take on the keto diet. So just to recap, I covered three main things today. First, I reviewed what the keto diet is, and I explained ketosis and how many grams of carbs per day you can get or generally have on the keto diet. Next, I described the plethora of metabolic benefits the researchers found in this study related to weight and blood work. All of the numbers that we wanted to go down went down, and the good cholesterol went up. And lastly, I discussed that while these metabolic benefits are great, what's most important is determining if they can be sustained. If you want to do keto as a lifestyle, that's great, but please understand what you're doing and why you're doing it, and don't load up on unhealthy fats, and please try to get enough micronutrients and fiber and protein to reach your training goals in your diet. If you want to learn more about what I do recommend people eat for lasting weight loss, remember to grab my ultimate food guide at reshapept.com forward slash ultimate food guide. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're getting value from these episodes, please be sure to hit that subscribe button and leave a review in Apple Podcasts. That would mean a lot to me to help the podcast get seen by and then help more people. 
I briefly mentioned intermittent fasting as a way to get into ketosis in this episode, and I really want you to tune in next week because I'm interviewing Cynthia Thurlow, and she's a nurse practitioner, entrepreneur, functional nutritionist, and a two-time TEDx speaker who really specializes in intermittent fasting. And I love her story because like me, she is passionate about the science behind weight loss and behavior change. Again, she has a special focus on intermittent fasting, so that's what we're going to dig into during our interview next week. I know that you're going to get a ton of value from that episode, especially if you've experienced a weight loss stall. Intermittent fasting is one of my favorite tools to lower your insulin resistance and reset your body set weight. I cannot wait for you to tune in. I'll talk with you at the same time, same place next week. Bye for now.